Mosaic family. What's going on? What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the Mosaic Midweek Podcast series on the Bible and the stories of those in our community who have grown up with it and have had changing ideas and have heard God speak to them today. We might have different thoughts and opinions and questions, but the hope is we can come together and communally ask and discern what God might be speaking to us and that we're hearing from God um, sensitively and lovingly. I hope y'all enjoy. Hey y'all, what's good? Here we are with another episode of the Mosaic Midweek Podcast, and we're just trucking along with these episodes, folks. Uh, each one has been encouragement to me. Getting to hear the stories of our former guests has been a blessing, and we get to do it again today with Mr. Mature Beard, <laughs> Nick Rogers. <laughs> Yo, it was so funny, man. Uh, you're you're 31. 31. Because of your beard, <laughs> I told people I was like, what? I thought this man was like 35, 36. I, uh, thank you. Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. Thank. I told you. Was, I thought you was older than you look, but I don't mean that in a bad way. I don't mean that in a bad way. There's no good way uh, to mean that, I think. What? <laughs> if you thought I was 28, I would be elated. How old are you? How old do you think I am? 25. Mm-mm. Are you 28? No, I'm 23. Oh, oh 23. 23. Okay. So where does the cutoff happen of like when you would want to be known as younger rather than older? I actually don't care. Oh, okay. so <laughs> it doesn't bother me okay. at all. <laughs> Especially when you have kids, it doesn't matter anymore. They think you're 100. Um, so. Mm. Well, we got Nick August in the building. Husband of Emily Rogist, father of Lucy, Luis, and Jose. And uh, yeah, we were in the same missional community together with the, under the Evans's leadership. And so I've gotten to talk to you a couple of times, but still past this year, it's not like we've gotten to hang out a bunch. So this is fun to get to sit down with you, man. Yeah. And it, I, I feel like um, even listening to your podcast, mm -hmm. I was like, man, there's a there's a lot of overlap in some of our stories mm -hmm. and even some of the the background of just traditions. Yeah, um, can you talk about some of that actually? Yeah, so I uh, I'll, I'll start by saying I I always describe my church background up until I was 18 is like I was around church, but mm -hmm. I wasn't in mm. church. And so, it, and what I guess what that means was like, we went sometimes mm -hmm. and my mom always valued and she was a very spiritual person, but I, I don't think I ever remember like her uh, opening her Bible and reading it mm. or um, going to church every Sunday or uh, going. So yeah. So early on up until I uh, was saved, I, or just I, I always, like, respected church. Mm -hmm. Truth was always, like, 
uh, Christianity was always respected, if that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. So, but my very earliest memories of church was in a Pentecostal church. Okay. In, uh, in Southern Illinois, and so it's it's an old like family, you know. I, Pastor Sherbaum. Mm. Uh, my dad like was claims he was like saved at a tree stump on his farm and. <laughs> yep. uh, Did you go to those tent revivals and stuff? Well, I don't know if I don't remember don't tent remember revivals, okay. but um, I actually just went a couple years ago to my grandma's funeral, and she mm-hmm. had attended there um, from the time I was a kid until she passed away. Mm-hmm. And uh, brother Sherbaum, you know, he's uh, he's like got some maybe Parkinson's and issues. Okay. And I remember him getting up there and preaching. It kind of took me back. And, mm-hmm. uh, as Sometimes I've looked back and and uh, found fault in the tradition. Man, when he got up there, I was just like, "What a testament!" Yeah, to God's faithfulness. Right. That this man's here with this disease, uh, preaching God's word. Man. Yeah, it's cool. It was cool. Yeah. So some of that overlap is the skepticism, right? That we had towards our traditions. It's like, man, this is kind of shady. Like you have a nostalgia, but then it's like, man, Pastor, his name's Sherbon. 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 Yeah. It's like, man, I don't know if what he's saying is real, but kind of that redemption narrative, seeing him at the funeral, like, yeah, like you said, seeing God's faithfulness, staying with him, even though there's some yeah. differences there. And I think uh, maybe some of the shared overlap was as, uh, I kind of, this timeline I was trying to think, mm-hmm. but I was, I had a real radical-esque conversion okay. when I was 18 in high school. So, like, the second half of my senior year, I, um, like, football had ended, and that was a big piece of my life. Mm-hmm. A lot of the reasons I had, like, done good things, if that yeah. makes sense. My, yeah. my coach was a Christian, and I just wanted to make him proud or whatever. So that's why I was a good kid, mostly. And so I remember when that ended, I was just like, all right, I'm going to go try the typical high school stuff and uh, go out with my buddies and drink or, or go to these parties or whatever. Mm-hmm. I remember really quickly just like how empty those things felt. And about yeah. that time, this teacher who uh, I had met in seventh grade and he had come to high school who really loved and cared about me, invited me to church, and so I went. And that was probably the first exposure to um, somebody who really based their life upon this book, Mm. the Bible. And at that church, I met uh, Tim Bueller, who discipled me. He was new to the church at the time as well, and we got a ton of time together what feels like a ton of time. We had six months together before I left for the Marines or something very short. Mm. But he was the first one to disciple me, open the Bible, read it together. Um, And getting to know him, he he let me in, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So I I knew his his family, I knew him, and so I could see how the things we were reading were applying to how he parented his kids, right. how he loved his wife. And, uh, and that relationship 
we were together a very short time in Illinois before I left, but mm-hmm. that relationship, you know, carried on to this day. Right. Um, just as somebody who stuck out as the example. Uh, in in the beginning of modeling, like, what it means to value this book, if that mm-hmm. makes sense. We say we value this book and, and we put it into action. So. Yeah. Yeah, but what I was gonna say is like some maybe some of the overlap of our stories was, I uh, I left for the Marines, but then when I came back, he became the launch pastor of an Acts twenty nine church. Gotcha, Darren gotcha. Patrick's. Yep. Um, the journey in St. Louis, Southern Illinois. So oh, so, oh okay, it was right. a uh, it was a connected to St. Louis mm-hmm. because Darren Patrick's actually from my hometown. Okay. And yeah, very a lot of uh, reformed world in Acts yeah, twenty nine. Yeah. Right as I was kind of getting into theology, if that makes sense, um, when I had what I I don't I don't always like to describe it as like I was saved at eighteen mm-hmm. because. I think evidence in my life has proven, like, like God, maybe the Reformed theology coming out of me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like yeah. I believe God uh, knit me together in the womb. Right, I can right. see his hand over my whole childhood. But when I really surrendered yeah. and, and uh, I started reading the Bible, and there was no, there was no uh, like, complex knitting together of thoughts you just read it and accepted it and mm-hmm. um whatever the person who was teaching me at that time was saying is like yeah that was right. the truth because i didn't have exposure to anything else and um then i went to the marines where it was kind of this drought-esque of of what i would say is biblical community mm. um, and the beauty is like god was very near and I read my Bible a ton, mm. and sometimes I didn't read my Bible at all. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was this very like, kind of like sending out and me learning to walk type of of uh, moment in five years to the Marines, which is a lot of time covered. But as I was getting out of the Marines, I came back home to Illinois. Mm-hmm. I met Darren Patrick, who's, you know, he is still to this day probably the single-handed, um, that's not a good way to put it, but he taught, he's such a good teacher. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He's a very good teacher. And and then getting to know him and him being from my hometown and yeah. really respecting him, he taught me a ton of theology. Right, um, right. And so then you start to unpack, like, different ways of looking at something or uh, interpretations. Yeah, yeah. uh, And and actually just a funny story is, like, Emily and I come from very different traditions. Mm -hmm. Um, Me being really kind of caught up in some of the – I I didn't have terminology before the Rise and Fall of Mars Hill Mm -hmm. podcast, but being caught up in the – Young, restless, and reformed, really right. type, maybe on the back end of that. 
mm-hmm. movement. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very gospel centric um, and really lacking in biblical knowledge because mm-hmm. I didn't grow up with these stories. I didn't grow up memorizing scripture. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it, so it would be cool to have Emily on and then she could tell you. <laughs> Give a um, counterbalance. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> she really keeps me, um, especially early on. Yeah. I mean, she was raised in the Christian church. Yeah. Um, and rooted in scripture and always opening her Bible and reading it. And she has a, a far greater knowledge of just the Bible in general than mm. I do. Um, so when you say the Christian church, like the denomination, yeah, yeah, I didn't yeah. know the Christian church was a denomination until like two years ago. Yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, I went to Johnson probably, I always would claim it wasn't just following Emily there. Mm-hmm. And God did some cool stuff in um, leading me to go there. Mm-hmm. But I went there knowing that I, uh, I don't think I believe their theology. Right, right. And granted, they wouldn't even say this is our theology, so it, it's, it's kind of hard to even yeah. unpack what that means. But I remember asking uh, Darren Patrick about it, actually, and he's like, man, uh, if you're – I don't remember exactly what he said, but, like, mm-hmm. it, it was something along the, the idea of, like, this could be really good for Mm, to go right. and be exposed to branch to, out, yeah, um, something different, and then have to defend or investigate what you are are believing is true. Right, 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 um, right. And what ends up happening is you meet Emily, and you're like, "Wow, <laughs> she's really proficient and understands a lot of these stories and the narrative of the Bible." And yeah. I'm over here discussing like the systematic theology that I've been taught, but I don't necessarily have things to reference points to locate them in. And so you learn about people from these different traditions where it's like, Oh, this, this might not all like Darren said, it might not all be bad. Yeah. I, I, for a while was just very cynical Mm -hmm. towards a lot of things, even at, at Johnson for a while where, when you start to open up, uh, like an exegetical methods, mm-hmm, and you're mm-hmm. looking back at uh, how the Bible even came to be, right. and then how the best practices are for interpreting it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's frightening. Mm. And I just get really cynical. It's like, how do you, like, come on. Right. How right. do we have a shot at this? Do, a, interpreting it right. B, even trusting that. The translation we're reading is right uh, accurate. Yep. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it starts to lead into uh, yeah. These stories were oral traditions in the beginning, mm-hmm. so they weren't written down. And how can we trust that? Um, so I got real, really kind of cynical for a while, and um, and so yeah. So the the past couple years um, have been I think a journey of of God just reminding me of maybe some of those beginning um, kind of like the beginning of my walk with the Bible is like
Mm. It's okay to just open it. Right. And read it. Mm. And meditate on it. Right. Or open it, read it, and be like, yeah, that's what it says, and put that into practice without examining the triad of right. literature and history. Now, granted, I think those are really important, too. So that's not me saying, but I got so caught up in, like, yeah. how can I ever be sure that I'm right? Right. That I kind of lost this love for God's, you know, book. To us. Mm. Like, the revelation of, of God, a revelation of God to us. I kind of lost this love for it because right. I got caught up in, like, I have no hope yeah 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 no that's so good so that's actually kind of the thread i want to trace with you then because like these past episodes have been um pretty uniformly stories of people who had ideas about the bible cultivated at a very young age and changed maybe their high school college years but yours was pretty much formatively 18 and on and so like in college you had these experiences of well being getting to be with darren patrick for a while which was <laughs> just super theology man i i i knew a lot of people who knew him as well so the news of his passing was incredibly tragic for many um and then but like pretty quickly after at this young age diving into all these things you came to this realization of all right i've become very attracted to this model of conquering <laughs> meaning and being able to demonstrate an aptitude for proving my salt uh in in being a workman who does not need to be ashamed and correctly handles the word of truth right second timothy 2 15 and um yeah so what what's that like now for you are you are you still because a lot of those ideas like i said it was like all right that started to shift for me in high school but high school is kind of your beginning stages and you have like more middle time in your yeah. 20s and stuff yeah so what's it like now for you so i think that um I would preface all this by saying just a grace of God mm -hmm. to soften my heart mm -hmm. or to protect me from being really close to some of the some of the falls of guys like Mark Driscoll, yeah. Patrick, right. um, some of these even even most recently Matt Chandler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Next, ten minutes. I I think that the I think I, I love the way Wes kind of prefaced this series of like our relationship with Jesus yeah. is ultimately what even enables us to believe this book. Mm. All those doubts, all those questions are overcome by Jesus showing up in our lives. That's good. And so I think that in the past couple of years, um, Especially since just about a year ago, we went from zero kids to three kids. Yeah. And in a way that God led us there. I mean, no uh, 
sane person. So I'm going to go from zero kids right. to three kids. Um, it, it took a real, it wasn't me, it wasn't me uh, sitting on, on my back porch reading my Bible. Uh, that wasn't the experience that like really mm-hmm. provided this uh, kind of just sweet relationship. It was actually probably really hard seasons mm-hmm. of we, we, our lives changed really fast and it exposed me. Mm-hmm. And what it exposed was anger within me. And so it's just coming out in, in a kid says something and I just snap. Not yeah. never, um, it's, it was never towards the kids, but yeah. you know, it was like, oh, I'll, I remember just a moment of, of like some clarity, probably in January, where I like something happened. A kid did something, and I like threw a water bottle, mm-hmm. and the look on their face was like frightened. Yeah. And I thought, I'm an angry man. Mm. And so it took some time, but when I talked to Emily about that, it's like, well, what hope do we have to not be angry? Mm. How do we how do we anchor ourselves in some kind of truth? Like, man, I'm not, oh, we, we kind of go over this. It's like, oh, I'm not reading the Bible anymore. Yeah. A we're just busy. Mm-hmm. B, I have all these doubts and right. I'm not even convinced that I can do it correctly. Mm. And, uh, and then see, there's just this, there's, um, there wasn't a desire within me to do it. Mm. And that was fright. You know, right. that realization was frightening. Um, and I think, I mean, praise God for Emily as my wife, who is like, no, we're going to create this time. Mm for you to spend with the Lord. And, you know, it, it's not one magical miracle moment, but slowly over time it, it began, I began to see this healing of my heart and my soul. Yeah. Like, um, I liked what Brady said is like, it, it's no longer, the Bible's no longer this thing that I run to for some sort of answer. It's like, I need it the way I need a drink of water. Mm. I, I need it the way I need to eat. Yeah. Um, I would, you know, the, having kids, ex, I think, exposed sin that I could just cover up in my life. Mm-hmm. And so now it's like a, a, a ref, it's, it's going back to get a drink of water. Yeah. I, it's refreshing. Yeah. Um, and sometimes. Yeah, 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 you yeah, yeah. Know, but I think the evidence to me of like why do we why do we open this thing and read it um, has has shown in older wiser people who you meet and you just sense this spiritual fruit you know uh, yeah. they're all reading the Bibles mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I I don't think they're doing it exactly correct mm-hmm. per se. They're not. They're probably not going through the hermeneutical right. triad or, right. or or whatever. You know, I think they just expose themselves to God, and the Holy Spirit meets them. 
it transforms them. Right. Um, right. Which I could probably do a whole other podcast on the the like habits. Uh, the James K. Smith. Smith yeah. Like, you, you are what you, are what you love. love. That book, man. Like. Woo! What we really love is exposed in our habits. Yeah. Yeah. And the beautiful thing is we can begin to shape those by 100% doing small things like opening our Bible and reading it or praying or yeah. living in a community that um, lives life together. Yeah. He calls them the rehabituations of the spirit. Yeah. And uh, that's good. So I, I was having breakfast with Ben a couple of weeks ago. and He's like, his question was kind of like, is it enough? Like, is it enough to go to the Bible and open mm. every day? Hmm. Is that enough to transform our lives? Or, or, or some version of that question. Mm-hmm. That, like, I think it is. Hmm. But it takes faith to believe that, yeah, too. Right, um, right. So. Man. So, yeah, that, that journey... <laughs> It's a wild one, right? Even just with that background context, I'm sure there's so many, uh, yeah, things that could be unraveled. But I think this last question I want to ask you is this. Um, what is, if there is anything, something right now you believe the Lord is revealing to you in Scripture and speaking to you? I, uh, I appreciate how everybody has Mm-hmm. Ask this question. Yeah. And as I thought about it, I'm like, I don't know how to answer that question. Mm-hmm. And I put on a podcast today just driving to work, and it was like the, the word of the Lord is sharper than any two-edged sword. sword. Yeah. And it and it goes on to kind of talk about this high priest that we have. And mm-hmm. That because of his righteousness and grace, we can approach the throne boldly. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm going to kind of connect that maybe to just this idea of um, I think in Mark it says, accept these things like children, hmm. or you will not inherit the kingdom. Hmm. And I read that. Wow. And then having kids, it kind of ties all into my story, though, of just like I'm at this moment where I think the reminder from God for me is like accept these things. Yeah. yeah. Trust them and believe them. Even if you don't have it all right. Like I am right. the Lord. And what a testament I think that is to who God is like that I'm here he's using me and my family yeah um, like I I was sharing with a guy at work that who has a has a rough history with the church and I said man what amazes me is that God uses that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. He, he uses hellfire and brimstone preaching he uses uh, Catholic traditions mm-hmm. uses Pentecostal traditions, Methodist traditions, right. and what a beauty that is to me, mm-hmm. because that means He can use me too. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, so that's kind of a, a a long answer, but I, and then I would tie that into just maybe one more thing that mm-hmm. I, I felt this week was like rest in that. As we were holding our hands open at church Sunday, I just like that. It was just like, you can rest like trusting that I am God. I yeah. am in control. Uh, so. No, that's incredibly comforting message for many to hear. Uh, I think Wes, he called it a Jacobian moment. <laughs> that, that, that illustration about the, nah, I don't wrestle with Satan anymore. I, I wrestle with God. Yeah. And that wrestling with God, sometimes what we're wrestling for is rest. And, 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 and that's what God desires to support us with, to, to, to grace us with. And so, no, I, I really appreciate you coming out here and sharing your story with us. And I believe, I know it'll be a blessing to many. And just, yeah, really, really grateful for the ways uh, I think people will hear in just this episode, how the other stories have spoken and even informed the way you're into interrelating your relationship to the Bible. Like, we're kind of all intermingling it together now, which is really dope. Every single podcast, I, I found something. Yeah, I understand. Yeah, that. Yeah, um, and if I can just say one more thing, yeah, I would just absolutely. say thank. I w- I want to say thank you to the church mm-hmm. body. I had this moment um, a couple months ago where we just the kids beat us into the church, mm-hmm. um, and we walked in and they're you know high fiving everybody and running around. Yeah, and then we sit down and uh, the kid like. We had none of our kids. Mm-hmm. And I I just had this, like, really cool moment of just, man, that is not typical at church. Mm-hmm. And so the way that this community loves us and our family and our kids, yeah. and especially our foster kids, right. because it matters. And to be able to do, uh, to go out on mission yeah. and really, like, just say, yes, Lord, I'm going to this it's going to take community and so thank Thanks. you mosaic for coming alongside us and loving our kids and our family amen amen well this has been another episode of midweek podcast we love y'all mosaic and we'll see you next time